2: All right. Welcome back, everybody. It is the Osmo.com NHL DFS strategy show. Got a nice Monday slate. Ton of money to be made today. Hopefully, all of you new people have had some success playing some NHL DFS. Hopefully, we can uh, continue that for these next couple of days with massive tournaments. I'm Jake Hari. I am joined by a familiar face at the company, my Monday partner in crime, Terry McBride. What's up, Terry? How was the weekend?
1: Weekend was good, buddy. It was uh, nice taking a little break from basketball. Got to play some NHL for a change and actually enter some of the analysis that I uh, did on Friday. So it was good. I got to ride some of my picks and uh, did pretty well there. So it was uh, yeah, fun. And then uh, a little bit relaxing of a weekend, a little lower stress, not having to do a ton for uh, for hoops all weekend. And I got to focus a little on my new role. So it was good. How about you? How's the weekend?
2: It was good. It was, uh, you know, DFS wasn't great, but weather is turning around here. It's looking like it's going to be nice for at least the next couple of days. So, got outside a little bit. Obviously, played some NHL. Uh, had, you know, had a chance to have a really nice night on Saturday, and then things kind of fell apart late. Uh, did okay yesterday. I think I got most of my entry fees back, so not too bad. Won a couple of spin tickets for tomorrow for DK with the big hundred k to first. So. racking up a few of those i'm gonna try to take down the 100k as i'm sure a lot of other people people are um got a couple 50ks to first tonight so that is very exciting we don't often see this and uh it was it was a little bit funny to see some of these nba guys come over hey i hear there's not uh that much news uh in nhl you kind of just set your lineups and forget it well they had a pretty rude awakening uh this weekend with the McKinnon scratches. If you missed our Saturday show, Josh and I went through that a little bit Uh, McKinnon scratch. There were a handful of late scratches on Friday specifically. Um, And then Sunday is always crazy because a lot of people like their day games. A lot of guys aren't skating uh, early in the mornings. And so, uh, yeah, you got to stay on top of things, but I I think a lot of people have had some success and uh, we're looking to keep that going at least for the next couple of days. And hopefully a lot of these people stick around. I think, you know, you always hear about people having fun playing NHL DFS and uh, we want to keep these contests up on all the sites that we've got. So um, yeah. what do what you think about this slate uh, right now? I mean, six games looks like a pretty good MMA, MME uh, slate. And there's going to be some chalk. We're working on getting ownership updated again. There were a few changes uh, from earlier. Top Stacks, all that's going to be updated. Top Stacks is free today. I just want to mention that. But uh, what are your initial thoughts on this slate here, Terry?
1: I like it. It looks like a solid slate. Some fun matchups. Uh, some... A couple games that are, uh, you know, a little bit of a uh, heavy spread, but, you know, four out of the six at least are pretty tight spreads and uh, all decent totals. No game at five, uh, three games at five and a half, two at six and one at six and a half. So really like the totals. I think we could have a nice high-scoring fun affair.
2: Yeah, and we'll get to the premier game uh, coming up in about 20, 30 minutes or so. Uh, The show, if you guys are new, it'll go for an hour, as most of our strategy shows do. NHL is pretty much the only game in town. This is not going to lock at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, which is the standard lock time for NBA and NHL. This is going to be an hour later. So you've got an extra hour. Uh, You're going to want to be in Slack at around 7.30 Eastern for the first game. And then make sure you're checking out uh, whether it's Slack or Twitter, if you're following beat writers, to uh, make sure the guys that we think are going to play actually do end up playing. So you're not stuck with zeros in your lineup. You don't want to be stuck with zeros in any sport. Um, NHL is no different. Yeah, I'm seeing some people having some sex. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, uh,
0: really? Which window uh, are you looking at? I'm going to pull success. that up. Yeah, on.
2: Uh, success in chat. Um, but yeah, we got a super chat from Robbie here. He says, thanks for your help over the weekend. Let's make it a huge night. He says, Robbie is, uh, nice. I believe that's the same Robbie from premium slack. And so uh, he's sending us money over on YouTube. Uh, people's having some fun with my slip up there as they should. Um but yeah, I don't know. What what have been your thoughts so far uh, over the All-Star break? Has anything changed, you think?
1: Well, I tell you, it's, it's interesting, like you said, seeing all the people jumping in, thinking, ah, easy game. We just stack it in the middle of the afternoon. Don't have to worry about it. And then the guy that got burnt by the same thing they get burnt by all the time uh, in their NBA lives. So uh yeah, a little bit of uh, a taste of what it's really like playing NHL for uh, some people, I think. But I do hope that the people who are listening to us and the people who jumped over kind of keep on playing because, like you said, ju- they'll keep the prize pools up if the interest is there. If people are playing and people are actively asking for it, they'll keep these prize pools up. So just keep the interest going. It's a great sport. It's a ton of fun. What I really love about doing this for the site is I thought it would get me back into playing a ton, a ton more yeah. NHL DFS. What it's really helped me do is just rediscover my love of hockey and getting into watching the game and like, you know, really enjoying it. I had gotten away from the sport in like I was casually following it. I was watching the Rangers, but now I'm watching games all over the place and, you know, it doesn't even matter who's playing. So I'm just really enjoying that aspect of it too. So it's just been fun.
2: Yeah. uh, It's been a ton of fun. Uh, So we've seen some tough beats in chat. I'm seeing some people saying that they you know took fourth, took third in big tournaments Uh, So, yeah, kind of all over the place. Hopefully more of you guys are doing well than uh, having a tilting experience. This can be be a very tilting sport. Haven't gotten bit too bad by the goalies recently, but, you know, that'll probably happen on the biggest slate of the season. And this will be the biggest slate until tomorrow. So uh, if you don't get there tonight, we've always got tomorrow. And uh, this is a very exciting show, Terry, because we've finally got uh, a sponsor for the first time this season on the NHL. DFS strategy show. So it's time to talk a little bit about jock market. Uh, It's turned fantasy sports into a stock exchange. Uh, Jock market allows you to buy and sell shares of players in real time uh, for real money with guaranteed payouts uh, for all the shares at the end of the night. So they've got daily markets in NBA, now NHL, PGA, and uh, you can make real money every hour, every minute, every second of any match or game use the pregame IPO to pick up shares of your favorite players. Then you can buy more, sell, or hold during the game based on your analysis. So you download the app to get started and uh, use our exclusive Osmo promo code. This is the the moment you've been waiting for after the read. Osmo NHL 50, $50 uh, bonus on your first deposit. That's right, Osmo uh, NHL 50. It's an exclusive offer for only the Osmo community. And uh, there's really no other sites doing $50 deposit bonuses. So go support Jock Market, they're helping support us and uh, this promo expires saturday so you got to take advantage over the next few days might as well just do it tonight awesomeo nhl50 is the promo code get up to 50 bucks of a deposit bonus on your first deposit pretty good stuff there Terry.
1: not bad at all dude 50 bucks 50 bucks that's great
2: i mean that's yeah back in the day back in the day maybe you could find those on a handful of sites but jock market pretty much the only site that's doing that kind of thing right now so yeah go support guys Let's get into the games. We've got Vegas and Minnesota. This is, again, 8 p.m. Eastern Lock, an hour later than what you NBA uh, NBA guys are uh, used to, an hour later than what us NHL guys are used to as well. 2.9 implied total for the Knights, 2.7 for the Wild. It's going to be Marc-Andre Fleury and Kapo Kakanen as your goalies. Uh, We're expecting Fleury. Uh, Maybe some of you had some issues with Fleury the other night. It was Oscar Dansk who was a late addition to the Vegas lineup. Uh, But we think it's going to be flurry tonight. Um, Minnesota did some line shuffling. I'm seeing the old lines uh, on the lineup builder right now. I don't know if they skated this morning. I I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, Minnesota pretty good defensive team. And the, a couple of question marks for the Vegas side, Mark stone left the game early on Saturday. He's a game time decision. I'm pretty much expecting him to play. Uh, and then Petrangelo also has a question mark around his name. Um, so potentially two big losses for the Golden Knights. Minnesota looks to be at full strength. What do you got your eye on here, Terry?
1: Yeah, I really like that uh, Vegas team. We've talked about them a bunch of times that we've been on shows together uh, through the year so far. And uh, just one of the best teams in the league overall. Uh, first in the West, sixth in the NHL, uh, 16-4 and one this year, 33 points in 27 games. Uh, they're just very, very good. Uh, they've got the second-best penalty-killing unit in the league at 87.7%. They lead the league in goals against with only 44 goals against uh, while being set 16th with 70 goals for. So just a really well-structured team. You mentioned Stone might be out on that top line, which would be a shame. That's one of the best lines uh, going. 423 together since the start of last year, 59.3% uh, Corsi 4, a 38-11 to 11 goals for advantage, which is 77.5% goals for. Uh, 67% expected goals for. So that's not a huge differential on a gigantic goals differential, uh, which is pretty cool. 106 to 48 high danger chances generated, and 21 to, to to eight high danger goals. So just really effective, dominant line. Second line is right there with them. Uh, they both have power play correlation if they're uh, if they're rolling the standard lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you do get Stone, you get that uh, top line with the power play correlation, and then the Carlson, Marchessault, so Smith line uh, is pretty solid as well. 629 minutes together, uh, 56% Corsi 4 percentage, closer margins on the goal scored, uh, but uh, 132 to 99 in uh, high danger chances generated. So another line that can, you know, just really get things done. So I like both the top two from Vegas. Yeah, I
2: think uh, th- there are things to like here for Vegas. I mean, if, if you think about it, like it kind of stinks that this is the first game of the slate because you might be getting a really, really low owned Mark Stone. Um, and I think it'll be relatively low owned. It's not like, an elite spot for Vegas. Um, I'm a little worried about the matchup for the Patricci, Stevenson, Stone line. Uh, Eck with Greenway and Felino, or you know Ericssonek with Greenway and whoever have been a really good uh, five-on-five line, and they usually take opposing top competition when they're on home ice. And so uh, I'm a little bit wary of that line, but I'm seeing the ownership is so low on one of the best lines in hockey that that Stevenson with uh, Patricci Stone line. So those kind of offset for me. I think I'll get to some Vegas one. Just keep an eye out for Stone. I think I like the matchup a little bit better for Carlson, Marciusso, and Riley Smith getting to go up against the uh, second and third lines for the Wild. Um, the Rask line has been very high events. Bukestad, not a great uh, two-way center. Fiala and Parisi, not great defensively either. So uh, I like Vegas, two uh, a decent amount here. On the Wild side, you know, there's not really anything I love with their lines being pretty spread around. Um, I thought someone said something about Fiala with, uh, Erickson Eck So if someone in chat remind me uh, on the lines cause I don't have them in front of me. It looks like FC has an update. Yeah, just yet. So if Fiala is with uh, Erickson Eck and Greenway, I think I would have some interest in that. Um, but other than that, I think I'm kind of spreading around my exposure on the wild, their defensemen, Suter, Spurgeon, Dumba, Brodeen. Like, I guess these guys are all playable at their respective prices. Maybe not Brodeen for 4,800, no power play time, but um, don't mind any of the Minnesota defensemen. On the Golden Knights, uh, it's going to be a lot of shape, Theodore, for me. Like him as a one off, um, even if you're not stacking Vegas, but uh, he goes a little bit better with the top line than that second line, the way they have their uh, power plays currently constructed. Anything else in this one here?
1: Uh don't dislike the uh, suitor call on uh, the Minnesota defense uh, very cheap and not getting a lot of ownership for a relatively productive kid uh, one point on the power play this year 29 block shots in uh, fewer games than that I don't have their games played uh, and eight assists uh, so you know decent production on the Vegas side I think Alec Martinez could be a very cheap one off the fence I mean, You don't get power play with him but he blocks a ton of shots and he's productive uh, 10 points uh, goal and nine assists on the year ton of ice time Twenty-two forty-nine on the ice 71 block shots in their 27 games. So, I mean, you get a ton of blocks there.
2: Emac coming at my appearance in the chat. He says, I'm looking super skinny. I don't know. Is that a compliment or, or not, Terry? I mean, super skinny. I, I wouldn't like to be super skinny. I mean, skinny is like
1: good. like Yeah, a good, like healthy skinny is good. Right. But super skinny, you start to, you know, really wonder. Yeah, and that's that's what like- I'm
2: thinking. So, uh, he says, just make sure you get your daily dose of apples and Geno's. And if anybody doesn't know what that is, that is uh, the DK reward system. One of the main like season long uh, rewards you can get is called apples and genos. So Emacs always chasing it after those. He's grinding the showdowns. Like he plays, he plays way more slates than me for NHL uh, without it being Never. even his main sport. So he's constantly sending me these five 10 X screenshots um, and just grinding out everything. And so he'll hit the apl- apples and genos. I'm sure. Very soon, playing a lot less lineups, but a lot more slates than uh, someone like me.
0: Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more.
2: So uh, good to see EMAC getting into some NHL DFS. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Was there anything else you wanted to mention here? I think we
1: hit go. the high points on this okay. one. Yeah.
2: All right. Let's go to Arizona, Colorado. 2.4 implied total for the Yotes. 3.2 for the Abs. It's going to be Kemper. Probably going to be Grubauer for the Abs. We've got some changes on the Colorado side. So, uh, no McKinnon tonight. He was skating this morning uh, in a non-contact jersey. So, he's going to be out, which, you know, that's going to push even more ownership to Edmonton, which we'll get to next game. Um, Here, we've got a three-wing top line with Miko Rantanen playing center for the first time I can remember in his NHL career. Centering Landeskog and Balnashushkin. Kadri centering a line that we've seen play a bunch together. Uh, Saad and Burkowski, Tyson Jost with Menga and uh, there's Megna and uh, Jonas Donskoy on the third line. Uh, I think I would have really liked Colorado one again here if Kadri was centering like Rantanen and Landeskog. I don't really know what to do with these lines now with the three wings. It makes it really difficult to play them. We'll get ownership updated uh, very shortly um, and to, to have it reflected more on all these line changes. But is there anything you like on both sides, either side here, I should say.
1: So I'm with you. I would have liked that Colorado one line better with Kadri in the middle, but uh, I think it, you know, I think it kind of works out because, you're getting an oddball line a little. Uh, you're getting some skill still, obviously, on that line, uh, despite Rantanen and playing in the center, you know, like you said, for the first time in at least recent memory. You still got him and Landis Gaga on that line, a lot of talent there. So I think since it's three wings, it's a little difficult to put together, might suppress the ownership. It might become somewhat sneaky there. And then you can still pick off, uh, you know, the two guys on the p- top power play unit to go with. You know, somebody else maybe will grab one of the defensemen, or just stack the power play purely. So I think there are still plays to be made there, but I definitely like Colorado. It took a lot of the appeal away once they shook up those lines a little bit more. It would have obviously been best to have McKinnon back and uh, and play the standard lines, but uh, this is like the third best uh, version of what they could have done for us on these lines. So yeah, not getting to a ton there, and then Arizona just not great. Thirty seven percent win probability tonight. Sixth in the West. Uh, twenty five points in their twenty four games. The uh, team Corsi uh, for the season, 48.62% Corsi for 91.6% save percentage is decent. So they've been getting a little help in goal. Uh, Kemper's got a nine, nine, one, five save percentage in his 17 games. So playing decent keeps them in, uh, in games, but there's not a ton of, you know, on these lines that I really like to get to and not a ton of, uh, of experience playing together. There's limited sample sizes on all of them. On the second line, you can get to uh, Garland and Schmaltz have a lot of time together as a duo. Uh, 505 40 playing together. They've got a 54.9% Corsi 4 percentage, so they control the puck pretty well. 28 to 18 uh, uh, goals for advantage, uh, 57% expected goals for uh, with them skating as a duo. So I think you can maybe play them, maybe work Cruz in as a uh, full line stack or go to the power play stack with Arizona, but it's not one of my favorite things.
2: Yeah, uh, I kind of just hate the the lines here all around. I mean, what Arizona's got going on. I'm seeing Schmaltz Garland with Lawson Kraus. Kraus is not kind of a very good player. I think he scored last game against Minnesota because uh, I'm pretty sure I was ragging on him to a couple of my friends, and then he, he ended up scoring um, while that's we were watching the watch game. Out. So, yeah, that's usually how it goes. It's like when we, when we hate on Alex Wenberg or Cliffy hates on Dylan Dubé. You know, the multi-goal that's game is just an absolute lock. So uh, I won't hate too much on Lawson Kraus here, but I do like who he's playing with, Schmaltz and Garland. I think wherever those, whenever those two guys are together, I'm usually there in some fashion. So we're showing very low ownership for them, assuming that keeps up. Uh, I like them going up against a definitely weakened uh, Colorado team. No Kale McCarr still, no Bowen Byram, uh, no JT Comfer, and obviously no Nathan McKinnon. So uh, one of the better defensive teams in all the NHL when they're fully healthy, if not maybe the best. Um, right now, they. You know, they're just not that same team. They're down four guys that are big parts uh, for them offensively and defensively. So I like the Schmaltz-Garland duo a little bit, um, you know, or maybe a power play stack with Arizona. I know you don't like – you don't love playing Arizona for their power play, um, and they're kind of all spread around. So maybe something like Garland, Brassard, and Dvorak for pretty cheap is something I would look to just try to catch a handful of goals should Arizona score them. And then on the abs, um, I don't know. I kind of feel fishy just saying that it just makes me not want to play them, but some sort of PP stack, uh, I I think it's fine. Kadri Burakovsky with one of Rantanen or Landeskog. Then you take Sam Gerard, maybe, but $5,200 Sam Gerard with no McKinnon. Uh, like he's not really a guy that's going to get you a bunch of shots and blocks. And so, a lot of his value at this price is just going to come from playing on the power play. And if he does, if they don't have their best player, uh, definitely a downgrade for a guy like Gerard. So uh, kind of just lukewarm on the abs. I think they're going to be more fillers for me. And uh, again, the three wings makes it difficult. So you want to play a $2,500 Valinus People were talking about him in Slack earlier today. I've got no problem with that. Uh, Going to get some top line run, increased minutes, uh, all that. But uh, yeah, generally just not a game. I'm in love with anyone on the blue line that we should point out here. Um, Maybe
1: if you again, another guy without power play, uh, but uh super cheap, uh, Ryan Graves, not getting a ton of ownership is a guy that has some padding with block shots and takes a fair amount of shots. Uh, doesn't score a ton, doesn't get on the ledger in other ways, but can do uh, a little bit in those areas and not a guy that's uh, super popular or very expensive. So just kind of a one-off defenseman maybe to get to if you need some savings.
2: Yeah. I, that was actually the guy that I was going to mention was Graves. So uh, I'm right there with you. You know, his minutes uh, kind of fell off a cliff. He was playing like 23, 24. And then I want to say two games ago. Yeah. It was on Friday. I think when McKinnon got scratched, he only played like 17. So me and Josh were a little worried about him on Saturday when they, when they played back to back, but they jumped back up to, I think 21, 22. So uh, I like Graves 4,600. If he's playing with Gerard, you can bet with no McCarr that those guys are going to play a lot. So uh, 4,600 for Graves, I think is still a solid play. And probably going back to some of the Jacob McDonald uh, for 2,800, his minutes have been a little bit all over the place, but assuming he gets like 17, 18 here, 2,800 is a pretty good price for, for uh, McDonald. No one that I'm really eyeing down on the Arizona side for the blue line. Uh, Goligoski is, uh, is a guy I always get to some when he's cheap, just more of a block shots. Uh, opportunity thing with him, 3,400. I don't mind playing some one-offs with him there, but uh, I think that's all I've got on this game. You want to go to the uh, premier game of the slate here? Let's do it. All right. Ottawa and Edmonton. We've got a 2.6 implied total for the Sens, 3.9 for the Oilers. It's going to be Matt Murray slash Marcus Hogberg. Uh Murray went last night, so I've got Hogberg penciled in. That's not to say that they can't go with Murray back-to-back. We've seen it a handful of times this season with uh, various teams. But he's got a huge total going against him. It's going to be Miko Koskinen for the Oilers. And uh, Edmonton, tired of uh, struggling offensively. Although, you know, they've been doing okay with McDavid and Drysdale, two of the top point-getters in the entire league. They're going to pair them up. This is one of the first times we've seen this this season we're about halfway through it was going to come at some point they're paired up uh with kyler yamamoto um i mean this is going to be the chalk spot of the night and i don't really know what to do with it besides just play as much as i can and try not to get duped with i when i play it so how are you treating edmonton tonight terry
1: yeah i think that's uh right in line with what we have to do kind of just treat this as good chalk and uh, one of the likely uh, to be optimal plays likely to be the most optimal line to play and just figure out ways to get to it while you're getting different in other spots. So it's all about building those unique combinations. Something we talk about in uh, some of the other sports a lot. So just think the same way with your stacks, get unique with the second stack that you use, get unique with your defenseman and just ride the good chalk. I think it makes a ton, a ton of sense here. I mean, they're uh, in a great spot, 69.14% win probability Edmonton third in the north uh, you mentioned uh, struggling on offense but still 83 goals fourth third in the league, 25 goals uh, 25th uh, with 80 goals against. so they're struggling a little bit defensively as well. they might yield a few to uh, you know some of Ottawa's uh, higher end players. so we can get into them a little bit but uh, excellent power play they're ninth in the league 25.29, 75.9 penalty kill uh, percentage a little bit rough there they could improve that. Um, but that top line just, you know, should be excellent with those guys skating together. Uh, 46-34 sample, uh, going back to the start of last year, uh, 54.8% percent Corsi 4 percentage, 5-1 to one, uh, in goals. So that's an 83% actual goals for 55% uh, expected goals for advantage, 9-7 to seven in high danger chances, 2-1 to one in high danger goals. So really like what we can see there. And then on the second line, uh, getting to uh, Nuge and uh, Puljujarvi. 208-12 together going back to the start of last year fifty three point nine seven percent Corsi 4 percentage fifty seven to thirty nine uh, in high danger chances generated a lot to like about that second line as well uh, and I believe it's Ennis on the on the left over there uh, that's what I have on that line.
2: Yeah, I mean this just it looks like the spot here. So um, we get ownership updated. It will be a high number on Edmonton one. Uh, the the double center isn't as big of a deal as the triple winger. Uh, so when they miss a, a position like that, it's, you know, it might even make ownership a little bit higher because people love playing three centers. Um, but yeah, I mean, McDavid, Drysdale, Yamamoto, got to be the top stack of the night. Um, you're not really worried about a specific matchup here. I will say that the Brown-Kachuk line has been okay defensively, but when you're this good at five-on-five McDavid and Drysdale together, uh, just number of years, they have a sample size of, Uh, it it doesn't really matter all that often. One thing that I'll point out here is if you look at the previous games where Edmonton played Ottawa, I think it was the last time they played. It was on like a Sunday night and the uh, Senators didn't have Shabbat. So him being back does make a little bit of a difference, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't expect another eight goal route. But the, the thing with Edmonton one is that if they're going to score, if Edmonton's going to score close to their implied total here, let's say four goals, it's really tough to imagine a scenario in which the like McDavid and Drysaitl and Yamamoto get left off the score sheet. Um, and even like it's tough to see them not combine for like five or six points minimum uh, if there are four goals here. So. Um, it's, yeah, that's it's, essentially
1: what this line is telling us. You know, the, yeah. the Vegas total is telling us that this line is specifically is going to score goals. I mean, it's uh, they're not anticipating that uh, four goals are going to come from these other lines. It's specifically right. about that top unit.
2: Yeah, um, I've got some interest in Ottawa three on the other side: Stetzel, Norris, and Batherson. Um, that's been a, a darling line for the Slack chat recently. They've had a couple big nights. Uh, Stetzel's been scoring goals on the power play. Batherson as well. Um I also I want to like Colin White and Nick Paul but I'm reading a tweet right now that says the Sens are down one forward and then the writer mentions of getting Dadnoff. So this came out like less than an hour ago. Um and the Sens recalled a uh, a player from their taxi squad. So I think Dadnoff might be out. That's what they're speculating. Um so we're going to keep an eye on this one but this doesn't lock at lock which is a little bit frustrating because I would like to play depth lines against Edmonton, especially when they've got, uh, the top line stacked up like this, when they're not on the ice, it's going to be good matchups for Ottawa a team that can generate some offense. So two and three, however, they are constituted, um, at lock is how I'm going to go with Ottawa, probably going to avoid, uh, the Kachuk Brown line, just because I think they see the most time against, uh, McDavid and dry settle here.
1: Yeah, that makes some sense. You know, they're obviously the, uh, the more expensive line and uh, drawing a little bit more ownership. So, yeah, getting away from them uh, makes sense. I definitely uh, am with you on the uh, Batherson and uh, Stoitzel combo, at least. Uh, I know they've been uh, producing a little bit and everybody's been on them. The pricing hasn't really come up uh, on those guys. Neither has really the public ownership overall. So I think it could be another sneaky spot. And Like you mentioned, just getting into some of those secondary lines for Edmonton where they are struggling a little bit defensively and uh, not the sharpest defensive unit, not the greatest puck uh, control unit. Yeah, I think that could uh, definitely make some sense to start attacking them with uh, two and three.
2: Yeah. And people are uh, correcting me rightfully. So Uh, Joey Decord is the backup right now for, uh, for Ottawa. So I, I mean, I don't think they have a ton of confidence in him. I don't think they have a ton of confidence in anyone going up against Edmonton with this line, but it definitely could be Murray. I think Decord is 6,800. Yeah, he's 6,800 on DK. So if you're worried about that uh, you could start with Murray and always swap down, uh, figure out the extra 200 elsewhere. On the defenseman here, Artem Zub at 2,500. Um, I saw Cliffy and Josh mentioning him yesterday. He's playing around 20 minutes. Not a bad punt for 2,500. Uh, on the Edmonton side, Tyson Berry, if you're going to go with the Edmonton onslaught or Edmonton, uh, Edmonton one, because he's playing power play one. But I also don't want to forget about Darnell Nurse at yeah. 6,600. He's, he's more of the peripherals guy. He's going to get you more shots and blocks. He's going to be playing with Tyson Berry at five on five. So you can see a scenario where uh, Edmonton one dominates at five on five and nurses, the guy that ends up getting a couple assists. So even though he's not in the power play with them, I think he's a strong correlation play with Edmonton one. Um, So I'll be uh, like, it's just a good pivot for $600 more. He's going to be less owned than Tyson Berry. Anything else here?
0: Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage?
1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I would have called out the uh, the nurse play there. I like him a lot and uh, love the ice time that he gets. And uh, yeah, I like the ability to spend a little bit of salary to cut some of that ownership off what should be a really popular blue line plays by going from Barry to nurse. So uh, yeah. totally with you on that one. And he's cheaper on FanDuel and still less on. So uh, on FanDuel, you pick up a hundred bucks by going to him. So I really
2: like that play. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, the NHL DFS top stacks tool is free today. We're unlocking the goods on one of the best slates of the season. And uh, you're going to want to check that out. We'll get that updated a couple more times uh, up to lock. What the top stack tool does is it gives you um, the chance uh, that each stack on the slate will be a top two stack. Their ownership share and then their leverage was just the difference between those two numbers. You want lines with positive leverage. Uh, Or if you're playing lines with negative leverage, you might want to pair them with a line that has positive leverage. And so that's kind of how that tool works. I think it's the best look uh, at the slate on one page. If you know nothing else about NHL DFS, Top Stacks tool is a great way to help you build competitive lineups. And then you just got some work to do with your goalies and your defensemen after that. But this is the best way to do it. Whether you are um, a hand builder or you're using Fantasy Cruncher, Top Stacks tool is a a must. And it's free for uh, today only. Let's go to St. Louis and San Jose. We've got a 3.4 implied total for the blues, 2.7 for the sharks. It's going to be Billy Huso going up against Devin Dubnik uh, for the sharks. And uh, we had some big news the other day. So we'll just reiterate here. Vladimir Tarasenko uh, returned for the blues. He played, I think 16 minutes, 15 or 16 minutes. So close to his normal time, not quite up to speed just yet. Maybe a conditioning thing for him. I'm treating him like he's, playing the whole game like he's Vladimir Tarasenko of two seasons ago. Uh, he's been injured off and on uh, the return um, from the uh, the COVID layoff and uh, all of last season, basically. So he hasn't really played in a while, but 4,200 here. Right now, the highest owned player uh, on the slate, according to our ownership projections. And uh, what are you thinking about St. Louis one here? He's playing with O'Reilly and Jordan Cairo.
1: Yeah, I think that's it's a good spot. It's interesting, the price discrepancy on Tarasenko from uh, FanDuel to DK. DK, he's 4200 uh, because, like you said, hasn't really played very much in two years. FanDuel doesn't really care about that. Got him priced where he was two years ago, $6,900. Uh, still drawing 20% ownership over there. So uh, that's pretty interesting to me. People are willing to pay up for him and willing to pay to get to him. Um, might make it for that price. Worth taking a look around, maybe getting to a different spot on FanDuel just because the price isn't keeping people away. So if you want to pay up and end into ownership, I'm not sure that's the best decision. I like it better where you're doing a lot of saving getting to him on uh, DraftKings, even though he's popular. I think you gain by doing that. So it's a different play from uh, from site to site. But overall, I like that line. Um, just looking at uh, Kyrou and O'Reilly together while, uh, while Tarasenko has been out. 10304 uh, going back to the start of last year, 54.29% Corsi 4 together, uh, five five uh, goals for uh, goals against. So uh, decent, you know, effective line. Very good with puck control. Adding Tarasenko and a player of his caliber, assuming uh, full health and everything, should be a big uh, pickup for them as well. So like that, and I think there's something to be said about the second line over there too, drawing some ownership, but more in like that mid range uh, with Hoffman, Shannon, uh, David Perrin on it. Uh, very capable scorers, uh, putting up a decent year across the board. Uh, the three of them. So I think we can definitely uh, do some work with that. And they have experienced Shen and Hoffman together, Shen and Perron together. Uh, and then uh, as the three of them as a uh, full unit, it's a, a bit limited over the last two years, uh, but definitely uh, some significant time for the uh, the two duos that make up that uh, that unit.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> I will say the Shen-Hoffman-Perron line is either the last game or the game before that. They got smoked at 5-1-5, so – I don't know that they're going to be very strong as a five-on-five line. I, I've got some issues playing uh, the Shen, Peron, Hoffman trio, uh, especially for these prices. Like they're not cheap at all, um, and so I'm kind of going with the chalk here. Tarasenko, 4,200. People are mentioning free square. Uh, I mean, in the cash game, yeah, like he's yeah. he's an yeah, awesome yeah, play. He's a guy who shoots uh, like in the top like two percent of the league in terms of just like shot attempt rates um so he, he's awesome for 4200 if you want to play him as a one-off in a tournament just make sure you know you're not slamming in Edmonton one plus the two chalk defensemen uh type of thing so um just be aware of what you're doing if you're playing him in a otherwise chalky lineup he's going to be popular as a one-off and and rightfully so I like the full stack O'Reilly Cairo and Tarasenko um I don't love their matchup though at five on five Couture Kane and LeBanc are pretty strong uh, and they're going to take the opposing top competition. So um, I actually have, I think a little bit more interest in San Jose one, if ownership wasn't a thing, ownership is a thing. And we're showing them pretty popular. I don't, I don't know actually if you can pair them uh, with Edmonton one. And so I think they might come down a little bit. It looks like you potentially could, if you played two $2,500 defensemen, um, so I don't think it's going to be like San Jose one is going to be actually as popular as what we have them right now, but we'll see where they end up closer to lock. One of my favorite mid range lines, uh, don't mind, uh, St. Louis one on the other side. Timo Meyer is a game time decision for the sharks that would help them out. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't mind going to Meyer and, uh, or or Gambrell the mm-hmm. full San Jose two as well, getting to go up against the Shen line. Um, but yeah, uh, San Jose one, St. Louis one, maybe some uh, San Jose two for me uh, as more of a large field MME play tonight, which I'm definitely chasing. It sounds like you are as well. We're, we're playing sure. that big ten uh, dollar. There's a four forty four on Fanduel uh, as well. Anything else yeah, here? The,
1: no, I was just gonna say I'll be on the uh, I'll be on the Fanduel side of that, but definitely gonna be uh, throwing in a fair amount of lineups into the big GPP tonight and uh, chasing it along with you. I'm with you on that San Jose one. I think they're uh, one of the top lines of the night, not very expensive compared to the other lines at the top of the board. Third overall on both sites on Alex's top stacks tool in terms of being uh, one of the top two stacks of the night, not getting a massive amount of ownership compared to their probability of being one of the top two are they're, they're negative leverage, but it's only slightly negative. And at that price, I think that's one of those good chalk spots that we want to pay up for and try and get beyond the field on. Um, unless that ownership changes dramatically, which it could as we head toward lock. If people start figuring out creative ways to pair them with, uh, you know, like the top Colorado line, uh, the top Edmonton line, of course, uh, and some of those St. Louis lines, uh, I think that's going to make them super popular really quickly. Um, So we'll see. But uh, as it stands right now, I think they make a ton of sense to leverage up on.
2: Top Stacks tool actually just got updated four minutes ago. So uh, very good timing here if you want to give that a refresh. uh, And I'll just... I will say St. Louis 1 and and San Jose 1, both a little bit of negative leverage. I don't have that big of a problem with that when they're one of the highest chances of being a top two stack. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, just like there's going to be some popular pairings with those two lines, it looks like, specifically. That's where a lot of people will fall if they're not going to Edmonton 1. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if um, McDavid and Dreisaitl were like, 45 50 60 percent owned in some tournaments it is a relatively small slate um so in like higher in uh smaller field stuff i think i will uh, be liking some san jose one um some st louis one and uh maybe moving on from there with a, a lower owned uh, mid-price stack with some expensive defense it looks like that's not going to be a very popular uh roster construction tonight so These are some things I'm thinking about as we're going through, uh, Burns 6,700. I'm a big yes on him. Uh, I almost always am. Um, and then on the Blues side, Krug is power play one, but he's not really a guy one off very often. Um, I like some Vince Dunn still priced down a little bit, 3,600. He's playing around 20 minutes a night. Uh, I don't mind it, but not really in love with, uh, with Vince Dunn, uh, as, as I have been in years past, anything else? Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Uh, Top stacks tool says with David, pull your RV, Nugent Hopkins. If you refresh that it has changed now. So that's what it was earlier. Uh, FC has updated their lines. That's where we take the lines from. And so um, that is fixed. Now they are the top stack uh, on the night. No surprise there. 34.7% chance of being a top two stack. 28% 28% uh, ownership share with uh, one line. So that is a lot of ownership to eat. I will be doing it a lot. Um, all right, yeah, let's move it on. It's
1: a, lot of, it's a lot of ownership, but it's less ownership than their probability of being the top, right? So you're getting right. that nice six leverage score on them. And just comparatively, that 34.7% is nearly double the mark of that San Jose one line that is now second on the board. So you're talking about a probability that's nearly double and starting to push close to that like half the time. You know, thirty-four percent isn't half the time, but we're getting up there in the prob in the frequency with which that's going to be one of the top stacks. I mean, that line is just that's a smash spot for sure. I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know here, but I just want to reinforce how good that line looks tonight, that Edmonton one line.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So if you like it's Edmonton One, you look talk. at the top stacks tool, you're gonna if anything, like that a little bit more. more so yeah. Uh, go check that out if you guys have not already. We're going to get on to the Kings and the Ducks. We've got a 2.8 implied total for LA, 2.6 for Anaheim. It's going to be Cal Peterson, likely John Gibson for the Ducks. Uh, as we were talking, and I'm looking in Slack, it looks like one of the beats has posted lines. I don't know if these are confirmed for the Duck side. Um, they had Comtois with Getzlaff and Troy Terry. Jones with Zegras and uh, Ricard Raquel and then Sonny Milano with Henrik Silverberg, Henrik and, uh, and Silverberg, not Henrik Silverberg. That's two different guys, Adam Henrik and Jacob Silverberg. I mean, I think this is going to be where people go with their secondary stacks. Uh, It's going to be something in the top six here um, with their Edmonton one. So is there anything you like? Is there anything you, you really don't like in this game? What do you see in here? Kings ducks.
1: So I think maybe if we want to play that King's top line is okay. In my book, um, you know, you can get away with a little bit there. And then I think that King's two line is just very cheap and not super popular. So I think they just kind of click into things kind of well, um, Kings 2, 55 uh, 31 together back to the start of last year as the unit that I had, which was uh, Anastasio uh, Velardi and Carter together, 55.7% uh, Corsi 4, pretty good at even strength. Three to two goals for uh, 64% expected goals for advantage, though, which I like. Uh, the top line over there, the follow uh, Kopitar Dustin Brown line, a lot of time together, 858, 45 back to the start of last year. Good five on five, 53%, Corsi four, uh, 36 26 in goals for. It's a 58% actual, but only a 50% expected goals for uh, advantage. So dead on. Uh, 128 to 145, so they trail in high danger chances, but they scored 20 goals and uh, only yielded 18, so they give up a few more high danger chances, but have converted on more of them. Just a line that's going to be out on the ice a lot, has some ability to score, um, and one of the uh, you know the better lines on that team, and not overly expensive, not overly owned, so they kind of fit into some of the things that we're doing. On the other side of things, uh, with the lines up in the air a little bit, kind of throws my notes off, so we're just going to toss it to the yeah. side. I would say maybe try and look for uh, you know some of the power play correlation uh, and you know just try and, uh, try and stack those lines if that's where you're going. You're not going to pay very much for anybody. Nobody's going to be that owned, but this is one of the worst teams in hockey. Uh, they're not very good at scoring. They're not very good at defense, so I don't love going to them as anything other than a
2: value play. Zegras and Raquel together, I think would be very interesting. I don't know if we're going to have that news before lock. The ducks are one of the worst teams at giving out news. Um, The Kings aren't great either, but I think at least we know that Kopitar is going to be with Brown and I follow Um, looks like that could potentially be a popular pairing with, um, with Edmonton one. uh, And really like all these lines, I think. So don't be fooled by the low ownership with some of these lines, because I think, if you're seeing like Edmonton one and you're you're jamming in LA two, like man, it could be like half the line, the lineups with LA two have Edmonton one. So yeah. you, you know you might not be being as contrarian as you think with just a finite number of lines you can fit in with a twenty one to uh, Edmonton one. So uh, we keep going back to Edmonton one because they're probably going to end up deciding the slate one way or the other. Um, people are asking, should you fade? Uh, align with that high of ownership i mean just depends on what you're trying to accomplish if you can get unique good lineups uh with edmonton one feel free to play them and maybe don't play the ones they're going to be uh more doopy so uh, that's what i would say about that um yeah maybe power play stack with the ducks um or you could put in these new lines that we saw from the tweet maybe people won't have those combos and if you guess right might be in a pretty good spot to get a, a low owned trio uh, gets left with Comtois and Terry, I think is fine. Um, they're probably going to stick together, but we just don't really know outside of a couple lines in this game. Uh, Velarde with Athanasiu and Jeff Carter. I don't think they're going to be very strong uh, defensively at five on five, but the ducks are not strong defensively. So I don't think the ducks are just going to pound them. Um, I don't mind going to some LA too. Look, this is, this game is just more for fillers than anything for me. Um, So maybe if you like, if you want to play a ton of Edmonton one, you're going to get a ton of fillers from this game. If you're double stacking, what about defensemen?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Shattenkirk is obviously I think we've mentioned him every single time we've done a show because they're always playing on our slates and uh, he's always cheap. He's on the power play. He's relatively productive. uh, So he's a guy that you could definitely sneak in there, uh, particularly if you're stacking that Ducks power play. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, you can go to that power play unit. If you're looking for a creative way to get to the ducks, if you're trying to force ducks tonight, but again, you know, one of the worst teams in hockey seven, 12 and six on the season at 20 points in 25 games, uh, seventh in the West, they're 28th in the league in, uh, in goals, uh, scored with 54 there, you've got the 28th best power play. So if we're buying into the power play, we're buying into a power play that converts 13.5% of the time. It's just not a good team. Uh, so you can pick off duos in here uh maybe if you want to go to that uh, Comtois gets left harry line that's not going to be very popular yeah it's a different line that you can click in with uh Edmonton 1 and that's really how we want to be thinking about these teams just what's the utility of these lines and we're just rolling the dice we're counting it as all right. when i roster this i'm counting it as if this happens i'm already factoring in the if they come through mm-hmm. right so we're counting that as it, right. it's happened so this is a lower owned way to get to that result that we want so, yeah, you can go to them. I think that works better, though, with uh, going to LA2 over LA1. lesser, uh, Less expensive line, lower owned on both, uh, both sites, both accounts. So if you're thinking in terms of, all right, I want to go to LA1, like you said, they're not very popular overall. But most of the ownership of LA one is probably going to be paired with that Edmonton one. So if you're already thinking, all right, let me, I've got Edmonton one locked in. Let me go to LA one, just build in LA two. And now you've got more money to spend on your goaltender and your defense. And you're getting different. You're building a different combination because those guys who pay up to the LA one line, even though it's not a huge expense, not very different, there's enough savings there that you're going to be on very different defensemen and potentially a better goaltender. So just making that decision makes your entire lineup different while still going with some very chalky stuff. So I would say no to that person who asked if we should fade Edmonton, just make the blanket decision. Yeah, I want to fade them. That's not the decision. The decision is, do I want to be a little under the field or do I want to be well over the field? It's not really a blanket. I want to take them off my books completely. Because like you said, they're going to decide the slate for us tonight. Whether they come through or not, it's going to decide the slate right? And there's going to be a ton of people on both sides of that. So you just got to decide how heavy you want to be on either side of that result, but you don't want to take them off your books completely. That would be a mistake. So figure out the way to get to them in the proportion to the slate that you want, and then figure out a way to do that differently than the people that you're going to be competing with.
2: Yeah. And I think that's just good advice just for general DFS play, especially in sports where you're stacking. So I could not have said that better myself. Uh, looks like we've got almost 350 people watching. That might be a concurrent record so far this season. A lot of people uh, heading over to the NHL waters on various sites. If you guys haven't just yet, check out Jock Market. Uh, they are offering a $50 deposit bonus with promo code NHL50. 50 That is OSEMO, nhl AWESOMONHL50. And uh, they'll match your first deposit up to 50 bucks. Expires Saturday. Go check them out. Shout out to Jock Market. For sponsoring the show just wanted to make sure i got them in uh another time before the show ends because we're very excited to have them uh sponsoring us going forward let's get to the last game sure. on the slate we've got montreal and vancouver 3.3 implied total for montreal 2.8 for the canucks it is Carey price and it is going to be thatcher demco for vancouver um a couple nights ago we had uh vancouver in a similar spot against toronto uh you know, some of the, the stuff I was looking at was telling me to play Vancouver. I ended up limiting them and they were awesome. Uh, and so specifically the JT Miller, Brock Besser line was very good. It looks like they're picking up a little bit of ownership, not too much, but this is a game that they played a few times earlier in the season. There were a lot of fireworks uh, all over the place. Tyler Foley seems like he just waits till he plays Vancouver to score a hat trick and uh, just does it very easily. Um, you've got I think probably five playable lines in this one here. And another good part about this one is if you like something in the Anaheim uh, LA game, and um, you know, you get the lines wrong, they're different at pregame warmup. You can always swap to something in this game. We've got some cheap options specifically on the Vancouver side. So uh, slate's not going to be over until uh, these last two games get going. I think uh, it's going to be a late one, especially if Edmonton one goes off. There will be a lot of different combos in the mix. What are you liking in this one here? Elite Montreal one line at five on five? What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, that's a heck of a line. Seven fifty-two thirteen 13 together, going back to the start of last year. 61.6% Corsi 4 percentage. Just dominant 5-on-5 puck percentage. Uh, 45-29 uh, goals for. That's a 60.8 actual versus a 62.07 expected goals for. Just dominant goals differential. 211 to 115 in high-danger chances generated. 29-18 in high-danger goals. Nothing not to like about that line. Definitely can get to them. And they're not... Crazy prohibitively expensive, and they're not over the top owned. So that's a great spot. Definitely a spot on the board where if you're going away from that Edmonton line, if you're going away from that top San Jose line, one of the lines that I want to be considering. Uh, and then I think two and three are very much in play for, uh, for Montreal as well. Uh, second line uh, back to the start of last year as composed here, sixty four oh seven together, fifty one seven five Corsi four, three to five goals, four, but just a lot of skill on that line, uh, particularly with Druin and Suzuki. So I think we can definitely get to them. Uh, and then, like you said, I think the uh, the Toffoli line has some uh, has some legs there too. And if you're getting him and you like the uh, the narrative about the hat trick, uh, there's a hat trick bonus on Fanduel that you can get to do you as go. well. Yeah. So toss him in your Fanduel lines.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you kind of mentioned like all the lines that I think are uh, reasonable plays here. Um, a lot of people don't like dipping down to third lines. In my opinion, the Montreal third line. Niemi with uh, Tofoli and Josh Anderson. That's not really a third line. That's not a third line on really any other team. Um, and they've got three lines that have been working for them all season. So uh, I'm treating that as, you know, basically a second line or a top line, um, especially with their pricing the way that it is. Tofoli 7,300, Anderson 5,400.
1: Did you have something? Yeah, sorry, I was uh, going to jump in with uh, the top two goal scorers on the team or the guy tied for second uh, on that t- on the team or on that line. tofoli has got 15 goals. Anderson's got 10. So he's Anderson's tied with Gallagher at 10 goals, but Toffoli's leading the team with 15 goals.
2: Yeah, Toffoli, absolute stud, $7,300. Might be a little bit uh, expensive here, but Vancouver has their issues. Elias Pettersson, their uh, top line center is not going to be playing. So you're going to get JT Miller centering, Hoglander and Besser. That is the line that I like a lot for Vancouver. Miller and Besser are going to play big minutes, probably over 20, as is Bo Horvat. And so if you wanted to do some sort of power play stack, I think that is very appealing on Vancouver because Montreal just cannot stay out of the penalty box. They haven't been able to the whole season. They play incredibly well at five on five, but they just, they just can't stop taking penalties. Um, And so you're probably going to get a handful of opportunities with Vancouver. I like just going with, uh, you know, their best players, Horvat, Miller, Besser, some combo of those guys, throw in some Quinn Hughes for 5,500. I really, really like Vancouver uh, power play. And then um, you've got you can play any of these three Montreal lines at five on five. The power play correlation on any one of them isn't phenomenal, but um, I like going with the the third line to Foley, Kukinieymi, and uh, Josh Anderson. If you can't get up to this Montreal one, the only problem I have with Montreal one is that I think they're going to be very popular with Edmonton one. And I get it. it; it feels good when you when you put it in the lineup. Um, you know, if you put those six forwards in Edmonton, one plus Montreal one, you've still got 4,700 remaining. If you put in a cheap goalie and a couple cheap defensemen, it's, you know, you're going to feel awesome with two great lines. But, uh, I think a lot of people are going to have that idea tonight. So if I can, I'm going to be dropping down to some Montreal three. Um, what about defensemen? You got Weber Petrie or any of those guys, uh, heavy targets for you this evening?
1: Yeah, I think we can get to uh, a little bit of both of them. I would probably prefer Petrie just on the ownership, but I do like that Weber's cheaper on uh, FanDuel. He's only 51, where uh, Petrie's 62, uh, which is a, a pretty remarkable difference, but that's what's driving the ownership differential. Uh, on DraftKings, it's uh, the right way or up. Well, it's a little closer, I should say, 6'5 versus 6'3, uh, and you're getting Petrie a lot lower on. So uh, I think we can probably play the ownership game there, uh, but I like both defensemen on uh, on Montreal for sure. Uh, just a note also on the five-on-five uh, five thing. I think uh, if we get that uh, Pearson Horvat bertanen line up, up top for uh, Vancouver, over 176 minutes, 49 seconds, going back to the start of last year, they're only a 46% uh, Corsi 4 percentage line. So I think attacking them at five-on-five five could pay off well uh, with some of those Montreal lines as well. Uh, 48.44% Corsi 4 percentage as a team for Vancouver. So definitely exploitable. And then uh, Montreal on the PK, 21st in the league, 76% uh, penalty kill. So definitely attacking them with the Vancouver power play makes a lot
2: of sense. Yeah. uh, I I really do like this game much more than the, uh, the Kings ducks game in the late night hammer. So I think I'll be heavily exposed to this one. Once again, Montreal three, I like a lot. I like Montreal one, but not a ton with uh, Edmonton one, unless you're going to do some like three, two, then you can kind of throw it out the window. I think if you take one of the forwards off, then you might be a little bit contrarian. Um, but Vancouver two slash Vancouver power play Miller, Besser, uh, Hoglander, uh, if you want to go even strength, throw in Horvat, throw in Tanner Pearson. And uh, I think I'll even have some full five man power play stacks of Vancouver tonight. I know it's a low total, but Montreal's had a couple games where they like they commit seven, eight penalties. And uh, if you're on the power play the whole game, I don't care who you are or how many guys you're missing. Like you're just going to have really good opportunities to score. And it's not like the Canucks, are throwing out a bunch of stiffs on offense. They've still got some quality players, even without um, even without Elias Pettersson. Yeah, I see a lot of people asking some just general DFS NHL DFS questions. Uh, if you guys do want uh, a quick course, I guess you would call it. Um, Alex and I did an evergreen video. This will apply to not just tonight's slate, but if you're looking to learn about NHL DFS, Alex and I did a video uh, on the Osmo uh, YouTube account. Just go there, go to the NHL playlist. It's one of our previous videos. We did it last Friday, and uh, we talked about not only the basics, like scoring, stacking, uh, just general strategy. We also went into uh, lineup construction, talked about Fantasy Cruncher a little bit, talked about the lineup builder. If you have a premium package, you can use that. Or if you have an NBA pass, you've got uh, Platinum unlocked for this week. So uh, no excuses. Go check out that video. It's about 45 minutes long. And uh, it's just Alex and I talking a little bit of strategy. I see producer Chris put that up. Perfect. There you go. Go find that. It's just called uh, How to Win at NHL DFS. Uh, I think you guys will find that useful, regardless of um, what level you are in terms of playing NHL DFS. All right, Terry. I think we have wrapped it up. You know, uh, we, we did a good job going through everything. Uh, oh, Travis Haminick, twenty nine hundred. You didn't mention him, did you? No. Okay. I did not. Good yeah. call. Just going to play. He's going to play 20 plus. He's playing uh, paired with Quinn Hughes, going to block some shots likely, uh, especially with me factoring how good Montreal is at five on five. They're going to carry play. He's willing to block some shots. Sub 3K, I think a very good punt option if you're not going all the way down to the Artem Zoobs of the world. Um, This is a really good slate. I'm excited to play this. Yeah,
1: me too. This is going to be fun to get into. So I'm psyched that I can really sit here and actually like play this late the way I want to and you know, really kind of dig in and uh, get into Fantasy Cruncher and everything rather than kind of frantically throwing in hand-building lines and then checking back, making sure the lines are right and all that uh, like I've been doing. So this should be fun.
2: Yeah, should be a lot of fun. If you guys uh, came in late and you want to listen on pod, we'll have everything up on podcast tonight. NHL is the only show in town. I'll be around pretty much until lock uh, and probably through lock tilting and slack chasing after these 50 K's and 20 K's all over the place. Uh, It's going to be a fun time. Feel free to hit me up with questions in Slack or in um, just my Twitter DMS. Um, They're open. They're always open. Everyone's usually pretty, pretty nice and polite to me. If it's around lock, I might not be able to get to it until lock. Uh, But uh, if you message me, I'll uh, be happy to help out. always love seeing some new people getting involved in NHL DFS. All right. Who's your hat trick pick of the night since we've got uh, until the end of the hour hat trick pick of the night. I'm kind of putting you on the spot. I think I know mine, um, but I want to hear yours first.
1: Boy, that just totally put me on the spot. I was tempted to steal uh, to Foley from you. Since let's, you mentioned let's go. Let's go. There. No
2: Edmonton uh, power play here. So no one on Edmonton. If you take them out. Who do you got for your hat for play of the night?
1: Um I'll dive into that other chalky popular line that we talked about. I'll go with a Vander Kane. What the hell? That's a good Eight goals good, on the year. Should see plenty of time on the ice. Top one of the top lines on the
2: night. All right. I love it. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Brock Besser, 5,900. Like Looks it. like he's under 10% owned. Uh hopefully a couple of those are on the power play, my Vancouver onslaughts. I really like this one, man. Uh, Thanks for joining me. It will be myself and either Cliffy or Josh tomorrow. I can't remember off the top of my head. We'll be breaking it down. Good luck until then. And uh, we'll see you in 24 hours.